0: everyone and welcome to another edition of my howling at the moon podcast this is kiana malune and i hope you all are staying wavy as this summer continues to heat up so i'm still continuing my flashback mini series so to speak as a way to kind of continue to set up my new podcast format where i'll be interviewing various creators and people from various backgrounds along with doing some solo episodes on various topics that are of interest to me and kind of reflecting what's going on in society today. So this particular flashback from my Spiritual Visions project, which I completed between November, 2020 and March, 2021, I actually got the chance to interview one of my closest friends, Ashley Graham. We attended Meredith College together here in Raleigh, North Carolina, and we've been friends for almost four years. In this particular episode, she discusses her unique spiritual upbringing, her Afro-Indigenous heritage, among other things, and she just provides a very unique insight to what's going on in society, but in a spiritual context, and she's also studying to be in law, so she also has that aspect as well. I think that you all can learn a lot from her, because I certainly do every time we have very deep conversations and up to this point this was my longest interview in the series it was about a good hour but it's just us sharing deep thoughts ideas and a couple laughs while you're at it so I think that this will be a very entertaining episode so to speak because Ashley just has a very charismatic aura about her and I think you all will enjoy this interview just as much as I did completing it so I hope you enjoy and stay wavy. Oh, All right. we are here <laughs> it's been a hot minute since both of us have chatted so <laughs> I'm just glad that you're able to do this interview with me I'm excited thank you for having me anytime anytime like as I mentioned on um, my social media this is kind of a project slash series that I'm doing just to get varying perspectives on people's spiritual journeys and mm-hmm. You know how much their spirituality has impacted them up to their, the point of life that they're in. So the first question I usually ask my guests or those who have taken part in this project so far is, what were some of your spiritual and or religious experiences growing up in your childhood? Mm-hmm. Okay, great question.
1: So um, I would just like to preface the conversation and say that I am an Afro-Indigenous woman. So um, both of my parents grew up in the Baptist denomination of Christianity, but I practice a syncretic version. So meaning I incorporate aspects of Native American traditional religion. So I have some tobacco here. And I have white sage that was gifted to me by an elder of the tribe. And I also have some sweet grass here. So growing up, like we went to church every Sunday, but also like I was reminded, you know, the create God is the creator or the great spirit as Native American tribes refer to um, God essentially. And anytime I found a feather or something in nature, I was just reminded of the mercy and goodness of the creator and kind of like thinking like wow I'm this small little being you know and then also my mom placed emphasis because she's my indigenous parent on ancestral veneration and we also the three of us both my parents and I are super into astrology so it was very spiritual growing up um, and we didn't really fit in the box of a traditional Christian but we kind of just label ourselves as spiritual and just do what feels right to us while also like honoring other beings on the earth. And um
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it's like it's very unique that you have these various yeah. spiritual and religious experiences. Because to be honest, in the grand scheme of things, that's something that's not often heard of, especially, you know, given the state that we live in, you know, predominantly Southern Baptists. <laughs> so, uh-huh, yeah. And I think another thing, I think I thank you for prefacing your Afro-Indigenous heritage because that's something I really wanted to dig deep with you about in particular, especially mm-hmm. with you know dealing with the representation of Afro-Indigenous folks on top with you know, your work that you're doing, you know, in college and in your community to help, you know, just bring more attention to the needs of the Afro-Indigenous community and the Indigenous community in general. Mm-hmm. I'm
1: wearing my beaded earrings today, so <laughs> period, yes. <Yeah. laughs> but yeah, um, I try to be super intentional about that because the settler state never intended for both groups to survive so here I am like surviving genocide Indian removal and slavery chattel slavery so like that's why my energy is so big my spirit is so big right because my ancestors got me to this point like just and I'm into history I'm a history major like between tracing my tree knowing my story knowing where I come from I refuse to let anybody play with me period because I I just didn't evolve from such great people to be treated as average or to be erased like in my opinion er, and my dedication erasure of indigenous people and the black and brown folks in general it stops with me because i have dedicated um my life my resources just community care to people who really need it because we have, we're have we not minorities, we have been minoritized and language is really crucial when approaching matters like this. So, um, which kind of ties me when you're going back talking about like indigenous representation, I would just like to touch on this. Um, sure. You know, there's a new age of everyone's getting into crystals and spirit guides and mm-hmm. that stuff isn't something to be played with. If exactly.
0: You know, Absolutely. Native
1: American, you do not have a spirit guide. You don't have a spirit animal. You just don't. OK, because Native Americans, we have different clans and your clans go back to the animals that your ancestors saw when going back to the first person of the tribe. So like for me, I come from the deer clan. So that's my guide. However, I have a close connection with birds like I'm always finding feathers. Um, it can be in the weirdest place under my bed, under the hood of my mom's car, anywhere. So I think that's something that people really need to research. If you're not Native American or indigenous, you don't have a spirit animal. I'm sorry to break it to you. (laughs) And then sage, people, sage, white sage is super, super, super sacred Um, ceremonial uses. And what people don't understand is energy comes from beings and objects too. So if you burn, because white sage has to be harvested a, a sacred way, if someone that you don't know or is not indigenous did not harvest white well white sage, you're burning the energy of that person and it, it's not doing anything. It just cancels out everything. I recommend that um, non-indigenous folks use blue sage or any other type of sage that is not white sage because it is, it is endangered. And our ancestors were demonized by Europeans for using sage. And we weren't allowed to practice our traditional traditional religions legally until 1978. So people had to die to use them. And then to just see like non-Indigenous people using it for for clout um, and on Instagram. It's like when you go into ceremony and you meditate, you're going into ceremony with you. You're going in to have a talk with God or whoever, exactly. it. it doesn't need to be recorded. It. it doesn't, yeah.
0: And that that's something that for me, that's something that really hits home for me because when I started using Instagram, I started using like seeing like those trends where it's just like, whether you know like about the deep history about like indigenous, you know, sacred practices or not, mm-hmm. I just feel uncomfortable when I see folks, you know, videotaping their ceremonies or, Mm -hmm. you know, just like showing like their altars, you know, that sort of thing. Like I have an altar, Mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna put it out there for, you know, tons of people to see because that's something that's very Mm -hmm. sacred to me. the the Mm -hmm. sacredness of spirituality, I feel is kind of, I don't wanna say dwindling because I, I know a lot of people or spiritual they just don't put it out there right. but it does become a bit problematic when you're putting it out there because it's like what what are you trying to prove or what are you trying to show people you know right. and even so like
1: I'm you know me I'm transparent I'm be blunt it really bothers me when um white people um use rocks and crystals and th- or try to like whitewash spirituality, like how they did with astrology, um, because astrology, I want to say it derives from ancient Egypt or somewhere out in the Middle East. Um, and it just really bothers me because it's like, you don't know about those crystals or voodoo, but yet they vote for, po- some of them vote for apologies. Sorry, I cannot speak today. Vote for policies that harm black and brown people, yet you want to appropriate our culture and gatekeep spirituality, which bothers me. It is not mm-hmm. something that is meant to be gatekept. And I'm not saying that spirituality is just for black and brown folks. I'm saying get in where you fit in. If your ancestors did not do these certain pro, um, practices to sustain and live and, you know, cling on to l- longevity, don't just do it for cloud. Oh, look at my crystals and then tell people they're going to hell for being gay the next day. It's like,
0: what? You know, exactly, yeah. it's <laughs> it's very vague. Like this whole like spiritual trend I'm seeing on social media, especially Instagram. Instagram is yeah. called, like the, the ring leader of it all. It's very vague. They wanna put forth their effort to like attract these kinds of spirits, but then the next day they're like, they're singing a whole different tune. Like there has to be some kind of consistency. And for me, I'm a firm believer that spirits are very powerful. They are very real. With that being said, you have to be careful the kind of spirits you get in contact with. And the one thing I've noticed personally is that people they try to get in contact with spirits just as like they can get like an easy way out of like a situation that they're going through or to try to obtain some kind of opportunity or whatever the case may be they use spirits as a way of taking a shortcut which is I don't think that's the best way to describe it but I think that's the best words that I can come up with right now and like, school, yeah yeah, yeah. Um. and it's just like you really got to be careful because sometimes you can get in contact with a spirit and you know you could be indebted to that spirit mm.
1: I'm going to turn my camera off because I need to go get my feathers I want to show you. Um, I'll be right
0: back. Sure.
1: All right. I'm back. I had to do some running. Didn't want y'all to see me running, honey. All right. All right, I'm back. So um, these are just some of the feathers that I have found um, just walking. Mm -hmm. And I have a collection. I give each of them a name. And I'm a big believer. I'm, I'm a cancer, so I'm a water sign. I'm very intuitive. And I just believe, and also Native American spirituality, that the birds, like eagles, hawks, the highest to the creator so I feel like somebody something is looking out for me anytime I need a sign or just like I'm going through something I am reminded like this too shall pass because I can soar and then um Dr. Velasquez my Cherokee mentor she gifted me with these two feathers for graduation this one is a red hawk feather um and then I have another one and then she is going to gift me with an actual eagle feather. So I'm very excited and looking forward to that. But, um, I, and people understand that spirits, you can get like the, like the spiritual warfare, like I like to call it, um, I, I'm just at a loss for words, I don't know how to describe it, is real. Like we need to be intentional about what we listen to, what we eat what we consume everything has a spirit down to the chicken we eat at you know at dinner um and I think it's just important to tap into our intuition and to just listen because a lot of times we do the work we manifest things and we don't listen um Mm -hmm. and we need to listen open that third eye open your chakra open your spiritual ear because if you I feel like that's oftentimes why people repeat or are prone to repeating going through the same situations is because they're not listening and they're not walking into that destiny of their higher selves so they're kind of just stuck and not leveling up as Beyonce says so I think just listening to and just really being intentional if I get a bad vibe from someone that means my spirit is seeing something before I my eyes can see it and I don't want you around me
0: Mm -hmm. so I'm a big protector of my energy and will block somebody in a minute, honey. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I'm the exact same way. And like going to the dieting part and like mm. the way you eat and what food you eat. It's also like preparing your food too. Something I've learned from a friend recently. Mm-hmm. She said she told me that um depending on the energies and emotions of the person or even yourself who like prepare the food. You know, that can like affect like your energy once you like taste that food. So for instance, mm-hmm. if the person that's cooking my food, they're like in good spirits, you know, their their vibration is high and you know, they're like happy and they're like doing well, then that energy reflects in the cooking. And then once you eat the food, it kind of transfers over to you. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, if that person's feeling like, feeling like shit, And you know, maybe like working in a restaurant, and they're already like pressed for time; they're rushing, Mm -hmm. and they have to get all these orders, orders in, and orders done. You know, that can sometimes that can reflect the energy and the food and the energy that you take into once you eat it. And down
1: to the waiter taking it to the table too. You know, just yeah. like, that's why I always pray over my food. I mm-hmm. used to be embarrassed and I in kindergarten because a lot of my friends were white and they're like, why are you saying your grace? And, da, 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 da. and why do you like soul food? And now I understand they call it soul food because like the old black folks say, girl, you put your foot in that. You know, you put love in it. You make it with love. It's an ingredient. And mm-hmm. so I resonate with what you're saying about that. Like everything even down to the words we say like not to be cliche or like quote the bible or whatever but like the power of life and death lies in the tongue you can Mm -hmm. speak power to those whatever obstacles you can speak death to it um going I just I'm just still hung up on the Instagram thing it just really in the Ouija boards like
0: yeah those two
1: spirits I'm a believer of, okay, if somebody in my family passes, they are my ancestor, and I will do everything I can in my spiritual power to venerate them, to remember things, to do things that I know they will want me to do. That's what I'm going to do. However, what I'm not going to do is to go get an Ouija board. I I just... And there are mediums, like I have a spirit, if I'm trying to talk to another spirit, there's gotta be an intermediate uh, spirit. We don't know who that intermediate spirit is and where they come from, what they want. And like you said, you can become indebted to those spirits. And I wanna touch on this, especially with sex. Like, again, you gotta be careful what you put in your body and what is attached to your partner. Mm-hmm. which can make it harder to leave or settle. You just gotta like, everything I feel like is spiritual and just kind of is a big circle and just intertwines and is, um, in- in- what's the word? Inextricably linked. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and I'm a firm believer that energy is everything. Everything is energy. So it's like that scientific saying, energy can never be created or destroyed. Is there and it's infinite. So, especially with humans, and it's funny that you mentioned sex because I'm, I read something about um like sex and energy <laughs> the other day. And it mentioned that, you know, once you have sex with that person, you know, physical effects of it may like go away, but the energy stays. And depending on what kind of energy that person has, you know, that can resonate and stick with you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of energies that people can give off, especially like very low vibrational energy, like that can eat you up physically and mentally and spiritually too. And I think a lot of people miss that because, yeah. because you say like you're going through a health issue, you're like, well, well, what's wrong with me? But you go to the doctor, it's like, well, we don't see anything. And then, then right there, that, that right there lets you know, like this is something spiritual that's going in, like it's about time for a like, spiritual cleansing, so to speak. So energy is a very big thing. And I think this year, like with the pandemic and with like the election and all like the tragic murders of mm-hmm. our fellow brothers and sisters, the energy has been really heavy this year Mm -hmm. and I think a lot a lot more people whether they understand spirituality religion or either follow either or it doesn't matter I think a lot more people are really opening up their their eyes maybe even their third eye to just the impact that energy can have on a collective so, no, that's what
1: I, I like, collective, because I feel like as Americans we're so hung up on individuality, um, i.e., at the people that don't wear masks. <laughs> Anyways, but <laughs> yes, it's kind of like I got to be sarcastic for a minute. Wow, we really staged the biggest human trafficking scale in in global history, aka slavery, and it's almost as if hmm black blood i don't know twelve the land and we are built on ancient indian burial grounds and we're wondering why we have all these problems exactly like,
0: <laughs> mm. the, ancestors don't, the ancestors don't play and i'm telling you it's going to get to a point i feel actually like the ancestors they don't have enough and then when mother nature right. get in the mix then it's going to be a real problem <laughs> And all these
1: storms. mother nature is it, it, already like the falling of the sycamore tree i mean you can take that as a sign of christianity you can take that as climate change i take it as both
0: mm-hmm.
1: like all these moon i love the moon love her um she's just so big now so huge all yeah, the souls she's gotten got planet, so big uh mercury and retrograde just going backwards back to back to back um in 2021, we're gonna have the age of Aquarius. I mean, just like the storms that once—I um, don't know where it came. It was like a big dust storm that came from Senegal, all the way over to the United States. If that is yeah. not—that's—that's not—that's crazy. But there it's some
0: ancestral energy, Mother Nature, right there. North Africa, like, yes. That yes. alone lets me know. Okay. This Mm -hmm. is a big shift and it's happening. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the earth in general, Mm -hmm. has been like a big change. I mean, I know personally for me, I feel it, like you go outside and it's just like the air, the aura of nature around you is different. And Mm -hmm. I've been keeping big tabs on the moon. I think more now this year than ever, because I think women, are more affected by the moon than men. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, with our our feminine energy and then add on top of that like the menstrual cycle. Like, I now track my period through what phase of the moon, you know, it happens on. Sometimes it'll happen during like a a last quarter moon or sometimes Mm -hmm. it'll come on during the full moon itself. Like, I feel like women and like the moon, we just have that connection. And the moon gives off very feminine energy. I
1: love the moon, because my moon is in Cancer and my son is in Cancer and like the ruling, you know, being is the moon. And I love the moon because she reminds me of myself, like the duality and coexistence of darkness and light. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so like, there's there's a side that's a little mysterious but when she shines on you, you're going to know, you're you're going to feel that warmth and that motherly energy. And um, similar with tracking my period, I don't necessarily do it like astro- astronomically, I do mine astrologically. So I go by like what phase the moon is in. And um, mm-hmm. my period, which I'm, I'm on it now, it came on the first day of the Cancer moon. So, and I'm a
0: Cancer moon and a Cancer sun. Ah. And it typically
1: comes on... Um, when, it, when the moon is in Cancer, Virgo, or Scorpio, typically. Because the moon stays in uh, a sign for approximately two to three days. And I think there are exceptions when uh, a planet is in retrograde, but yeah. Yeah, so. Because it can be tricky just like looking at a calendar because that does not take into account, like, that's, I feel like, the Western view, like, oh, the Gregorian calendar. Yeah, yeah. Like, because if you stress, like you said, those levels, what are, what are you feeling? What are you going through? That's not going to, that's not, it's not granted fluidity. Whereas how we're doing it, there's a little bit of fluidity and it's going to change, but we're still like, we we know what's going on. We know when it's going to come on. You know, we just um doing it a different way, but yeah.
0: Yeah, and I've been wanting to ask you about, like the natal chart mm-hmm. and basically how to read it. Like yeah. for me personally, i have just now getting into it. Like I looked at my natal chart recently mm-hmm. and been taking notes on it. But mm-hmm. astrology is very interesting. And I think a lot of people feel like it's belief system, but it's really, it's a study. It's a study of yes. the planets and how it affects your personality, your emotions and your life experiences. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to know like from your point of view how does one analyze their natal chart and try to like get a better understanding of themselves as individuals
1: um well first for the folks like that are watching that may not know what a birth chart is um it's important to know what time exactly you were born I'm gonna there's a couple of sites I'm gonna pull up let's see I typically tend to use the app co-star um however co-star does not really give you an in-depth reading but i like cafe i don't know if y'all can see that cafe astrology i love cafe astrology so once you know what time you're born in the city of your birth put that in and you'll see let me just actually pull up my chart and walk and walk everybody through it because it's a lot like you said it is complex Um, I've been studying astrology since I was 10. Both of my parents are into astrology. So let's see if we can, so you see there's a chart. So when you first pull it up, you'll see like all the planets, your moon, blah, 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 all that stuff. So that's not gonna give you the information that you need to analyze it. So Mm -hmm. when you scroll all the way down, Let's see. It'll give you descriptors. Cafe astrology. It'll say like Sun and Cancer, and it'll give me this long, in-depth reading, and then a shortened version. And my best advice is to read, read it all the way through, and then get in, in, get into astrology groups. Ask a friend that's like you're asking me, um, to help you analyze it. But I would just start with the main three, getting to know your main three, which is your Sun your moon, and your rising. So when you say you're a Pisces, when I say I'm a Cancer, that refers to our sun sign, Mm -hmm. um, which a lot of astrologers, when you're looking at a horoscope, they just do the generalization for your sun sign, whereas your birth chart or your natal chart is specific to you. And because of westernized influence, people are like, oh, it's a pseudoscience. It's not pseudoscience. It relates to the planets and you got to read it. Um, But then your moon sign is how you process your feelings. And then your rising or your ascendant is how you kind of like live your life and how you come off to other people. Mm -hmm. I recommend starting with those three, um, especially the moon and the rising, um, because your sun is your wants and your moon is your needs. So I think those two are the biggest to focus on. And then you can go through and read the planets. Um, follow astrology accounts on Twitter or Instagram. A lot of folks in the comments will chat back and forth with you. I feel like I'm rambling. Um, but yeah, yeah, I start
0: actually, with the- Yeah, I actually have some of my natal chart. Well, all the planets. <laughs> so my sun is in Pisces. My moon is in Capricorn. Mercury, okay, I see both, that. both Mercury and Venus are in Aries. Mars is in Scorpio. Jupiter is also in Aries. Saturn is in Taurus. Uranus and Neptune are in Aquarius. Pluto's in Uh Sagittarius. And then my Lilith. Yes. Lilith and Scorpio. Uh And my node is Leo. (laughs) Yay.
1: Okay. So your Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and Lilith. Are the same, that's a generational thing. So, everybody born within 10 years have those same positions. Okay. Um, Yes. My Mars is also in Scorpio. And um, so, Pisces, you know, water sign, y'all are a little moody, Um, very dreamy, sensitive, creative, super sweet. And then your Capricorn moon, Capricorn is the sister sign of Cancer. So um, Capricorns are often called the father of the Zodiac. That's that masculine energy. Um, So you're chill and you're mellow. So you kind of are like a balance of emotion and logic all in the same breath. So yeah. And then Mars and Scorpio, that's the planet of sex, like taboo and and, uh, creativity. And um, that's the strongest position that Mars can be in because um, Mars is the ruling planet of Scorpio so yes you can be a little petty sometimes that's probably where that scorpio coming in <laughs> or feeling the need to get revenge like i'ma fix them or you know that's probably that hot temper but you mellow yourself out a little bit because you have the the earth grounding you that capricorn placement and that i'm yep. very glad <laughs> yes honey i wish i mean, i'm 38 percent water Followed by Earth, and then um, I have two air positions. But uh, I'm an Aquarius rising, so like I have RBF, and I'm an intellectual, creative, a weirdo, all that. Period. Uh, but like you said, it's not a way. It's not a belief system. I don't believe in astrology. Well, congrats because it's not a belief system. Um, mm-hmm. I personally like astrology, I guess, because I grew up with it, but also because it helps me better know the needs and how to love someone I'm close with. Like all of my good friends, I know their birth charts. I know their love language. I know what medium, you know, they like to be, to exercise with communication, boundaries. I really feel like it helps you be a better person. Um, to get to know somebody on such a deep level and to take that time to get to know them. Um, But yeah, I'm glad that there's been this shift in the field from, oh, my horoscope, because a horoscope is kind of like the news. You know, when they tell us, oh, Raleigh, North Carolina, it's going to rain today. They're not going to do it for every zip code. They're not going to say, okay, 27606-607-610-603. They're not going to do that. Uh And the same with an astrologer. An astrologer in a horoscope, it, they're not going to sit down and be like, OK, Pisces, Sun, Capricorn, Moon. OK, Pisces, Cancer. They're not going to do that. And that's why people may be like, I don't resonate with this. I'm not a typical Pisces. Yeah. Hello. You got to know what time you were born. Um, but I will say if you don't know exactly what time you were born, you won't know you're rising. Um, there is a feature for you to put don't know on cafe astrology that'll give you all of the positions except for your rising
0: um mm-hmm. but yeah um, and just going off of that the balance of masculine and feminine energies I feel like that's something that's really important but I think the biggest part of the discussion is that they like is tends to intertwine with the conversations around gender. So I want to know kind of your hot take on that discussion. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm going to tie it back in to native religion. Um, I don't, there's been, we have in the community two-spirit people. And two-spirit people have a special ceremonial role. Granted that they have masculine spirit or male spirit female spirit and then um it's basically an intersection of spirit gender roles and ceremonial roles and only two spirit people um have that veneration or can kind of be like a special medicine person if that makes sense Mm -hmm. I think that for the sake of balance yes we should like I feel like if I had to break it down, I feel like I am maybe sixty-five percent feminine energy, and then like I'm not a math person. I don't want to say no number. Me embarrassed. Then the rest <laughs> is a uh, masculine energy, and I am a very like I'm I'm kind of I would describe myself as an ambivert. So I'm introverted, but I'm also extroverted with people that I like. So. I have that motherly spirit to wanna like take care of people and do, do, do. But I have a hard time of accepting that energy back. Like I can't be the one asking for help because I feel like as a woman, a black woman especially, I have to be strong, I have to do this, I have to be led. And I don't really exercise my um, submissiveness because I'm used to being a go-getter Uh, this and that and I think that people should like whichever one like if you're more one energy tap into the other side to get that balance and that might fix some of the um emotional imbalances that people have I'm all for it I don't I really just don't understand why everything has to have a gender I just don't understand it like in terms of tying it to gender roles I just don't get it and I think that comes back to men that are scared of their femininity like when I hear men say, "Oh, I would never wear pink. Pink is gay." Like,
0: what? <laughs> you know, like what? That, like that, I, I just understand. I don't understand that at all. And I think for me personally, see, for my masculine versus feminine side, I'm sixty percent masculine, forty percent feminine. That that's me. Okay. Yeah, I've always had more of a masculine side than feminine but I think Mm -hmm. more these days I'm really beginning to understand my feminine side because to be Mm -hmm. honest growing up I had kind of like those convictions against femininity I think that attributes to my tomboyish ways (laughs) and but now I'm beginning (laughs) to like embrace it and have like a different understanding of it And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of the stereotypes for both genders has to do with, you know, like the media and like, you know, society's views on gender and how we're supposed to act, which obviously that's far from. It's just like the men wearing pink or saying like women with short hair, you know, I have short hair. I've never had long hair day in my life. But you know, women with short hair, they're not as sexually appealing or they're not as feminine because their hair is short. But I have a short Afro. So add on to that, my hair is natural. Period. (laughs) Thank you. Okay.
1: But I think that, like you said, what we're hitting at is we have been socialized to believe we must do these things to be a woman. We must do these things to be a man. So it's socialization and it's colonization. Because a lot of indigenous and African societies were matriarchal or matrifocal. Mm-hmm. And we didn't start having, and I would just like to talk about the amount of just transphobia and uh, homophobia in the Black community sickens me. There is Absolutely. not enough intersectionality. I, I just like, and it goes back to, okay colonization a majority of us i feel like are christian um especially like if a person is a christian black person i've had conversations with older folks they're like i don't understand you know god made us this way da, 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 da. like in that time that you're using your religion and inflicting harm and trying to convert someone from not being this or not being a way that society has prescribed them to be we could be donating that time to curing homelessness Mm -hmm. poverty something that is actually a plaguing issue you know yeah and so I just it is it's crazy or what a woman a woman should cook no no what works for one couple may not work for another but personally speaking everybody need to know how to cook (laughs) it is a skill it is not a role yeah so um and we are definitely rare in our mindset.
0: Yeah it, it's great that you mentioned that and it kind of bothers me when people default to the bible you know I'm studying the bible heavily now and I'm kind of looking at it from a different lens like for me individually mm-hmm. than like from what my family has taught me growing up and it really opened my yes. eyes to a lot of things and not saying that I'm like fully strictly Christian anymore because that's not case for me I'm kind of like on my own spiritual path but I still read you know religious texts just to like get an understanding of like the yeah. in which in which they want people are expected to live just like to get a better understanding of what was on the people's minds when they wrote the text but anyway it's like going back to the homosexuality thing when people you know, like use the Bible to kind of refer or turn away like the conversation on homosexuality. It's like, until you can really pinpoint certain texts or certain parts of the Bible that really go into depth that about this, it's just like, it's kind of hard to like really use the Bible as like your soul argument against homosexuality you know I feel like me personally it's kind of like there is some kind of biological thing that well somewhat but I know for one thing it's kind of hard for African Americans to come out and I've grown up with a particular friend of mine who who was bisexual he's more open about it now but when he was younger he had a very hard time dealing with it and he got called all kinds of names from you know like he was like a fag or he was too girly he was a punk because he was by it was all of these if you're talking like okay, okay yeah, but yeah it's, like it's, oh. it's disgusting and but another thing that really upsets me is that not more so of the the insults, but the fact that people just don't talk about it in our community as much. Granted, there are more conversations it's- about it, but uh-huh. I just feel like there should be a little more discourse in talking about it.
1: Like my mom and my dad, like I feel like in just, Uh, talking about sex, uh, um, choice in sexual partners, sexuality, um, orientation, mental health, um, boundaries, all of those things are so taboo. Like you said, like I have, I've lost a friend to suicide because she was so afraid to come out to her parents. Like she was constantly stuck do I live my life in the course that I have set for myself or do I conform and just shrink and shrivel up to make my parents happy? Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: it just really, I'm getting emotional right now. Like it just, it bothers me because why can't, this is a dumb question, like a rhetorical question. Like why just, why why we can't just be nice and mind our business? (laughs) I just. Yeah. And it makes me, like, I date outside the race because, well, we the human race, honey. If you look good, I like you, okay? And I I just... Oh,
0: my God.
1: If you look good, baby, I don't care if you red, purple, blue, like, Doug, you can be bald like how you, baby. If I like you, I like you, you know? And I just, like, in in terms of race, because, unfortunately... Unfortunately, I like men. Unfortunately, <laughs> I I just it bothers me. Oh, interracial uh, marriage—that's different. It's like y'all realize we had to have a court case, like we did for same-sex marriage for interracial. Y'all, no, y'all don't read. Okay, but tied it back to the Bible. Um, what I'm about to say is highly controversial, so let's go ahead and get into it. Um. got of break this down okay so in terms of the bible if you read the king james version king james was a homosexual
0: mm-hmm. and a
1: lot of the bible is subjective because people are writing it okay you going from uh hebrew which is an aramaic or excuse me jesus spoke aramaic but the bible was written in hebrew which is the semitic language that translation to english probably got lost like I'm not gonna lie um, the crucifixion was written 200 years after it happened and I feel like a lot of biblical a lot of scripture uh, scriptural and religious texts have cultural norms embedded in the scripture and that it's not actually what the said um, deity said upon because I've taken women in global perspective, and just, like, even reading, like, Islamic texts, like, how a lot of what's in the Quran is not really, it's just, like, culture, kind of, like, the hijab, and, like, talking to a lot of my friends, they're, like, yeah, same with the book, like, they're, like, okay, the Torah, the Bible, and um, the Quran, it's just a lot of people projecting their societal beliefs, and then, disguising it well god said blah 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 to make people feel compelled to act a certain way and control um also there's a second group so you have like the israelites Well, people the black israelites right Mm -hmm. that argue oh black people were the first people in america and we're the lost tribe of israel you know the bible was written by a white man and it's like jesus want white Okay, like,
0: in no. that narrative
1: of saying that Black people were here first um, invalidates ind- distance So it's a slap in the face to our answer. Like, what? Come on mm-hmm. now. You can be pro-Black without being an Aboriginal whatever they like to call themselves. That's ridiculous. Anyway. But, um... <laughs> that was a little controversial piece so i take everything that i read from the bible with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. we are not living in the roman empire we are not in the middle east we have got to books and documents have to be able to evolve with society we can't be in that fixated view and and i and and same for like how people use the bible to justify abortion if you are on birth control you are pro-choice if you have ever taken a plan b you are pro-choice do not bully people who decide to get an abortion and then be like well god said and then it comes back down to human anatomy and like oh yeah the argument women should just sex to have babies why do women have to bear the brunt of that when we're not the ones that get us pregnant it's the man
0: <laughs> anyway. I digress, but that's just. <laughs> yeah. I think you hit a lot of good points. And going back to the Bible, I feel like, once you like you said, there's a lot of text that I feel is kind of missing, but not necessarily missing and just not available for the public view. Yes. So, and I feel. I I also feel that, um, about the whole argument, like using the Bible, once again, like I said earlier, using the Bible as just kind of like your, like a defense mechanism in order to like justify, you know, what you're against. And I think after a while, it's going to take much more than just using the Bible in order to defer your points. And I'm a firm believer that if you get like defensive or if your points are easily challenged, you might wanna rethink them anyways. That's mm-hmm. my right. And even in
1: the community, like people like our community, you know, they view, if you like science, if you look to science more, um, that you're not religious or that there must, that the two cannot be linked. And it's like yes they can like i'm pro-choice i have i possess some christian beliefs and people like how are you pro you know you should be pro-life and i don't i just feel like if something organized religion should not be associated with one thing and i'm like honestly if you want to get into a political party um i don't identify as a democrat Or as a Republican, I identify, I guess, like as a socialist, but that's again, taboo in today's society, even though I am a registered Democrat. I feel like there's issues with both parties, but the Republican Party, their face is like white, rich, Catholic, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. Jesus was not rich and white. If anything, I would argue that he was the first victim of police brutality because he was killed at the hands of Pontius Pilate under the Roman Emperor, um, Empire.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it just bothers me when people think, oh, when you think Christianity, you must be this, 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 and this, that's not godliness. If the point of contention points back to people, I mean, that's our that's our proof right there. Like, And you can do something, that's again why I love spirituality. Religion, as my grandma will say, religion will send you to hell, but spirituality will evaluate you if you or elevate you. If you do something religiously every day, that doesn't mean it's good. If you religiously bully people, if you religiously um, are a bad person, or you religiously are using your religion to uh, deter people, that's not good. Just because you're doing it religiously, that that doesn't mean anything. That just means that you're consistent in your harmful approach. But because the biggest devils be sitting in the church sometimes, like it just bothers yes, absolutely. Like there's a difference between church folk and Christian. They, there's yeah, major difference, major difference. Yeah, I think
0: that's something else I noticed too. Is that there's kind of like a narcissism that comes with, you know, like the religious experience sometimes. It's like some people use like their religion or just like, like be on a pedestal, like put themselves on a pedestal, have like Mm -hmm. some like superiority, superiority complex about them. And I was like, that's, that's not godliness at all. Because what you're saying is that just because you affiliate with this religion, that means that You're somehow in a better position, or you're somewhat elevated, which that's not the case.
1: And again, I say a lot of things that most people don't say. So I took Holocaust experiences um, at Meredith, and it really opened my eyes when talking about the Bible and the definition of what is a Christian, right? And technically, Christianity is a man-made religion because Paul established the church, not Jesus. Jesus came to reform Judaism, not Christianity. So, food for thought.
0: So, a lot to think about. And going back to what you said earlier about the shift in energy and then we're moving towards the age of Aquarius, I feel like a lot of these social structures and even like religious structures, I feel like a lot of them are going to be confronted. I mean, some some of them already are, but I think it's gonna be more heavily prevalent with this new shift that's coming in. A lot of folks, and I'm and I I'm telling you just
1: even looking, I called the election before it even happened, right? Because I'm looking at astrology and, and looking at the planets and how the election fits into the grand scheme of things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Aquarius is known for being intellectual, un- uh, unconventional, humanitarian. And uh, we have seen a lot of abuses and crimes against humanity, which ties back to your point. A lot of folks, the government, I'm, I'm getting in my spirit, I keep hearing the government. The government is about to get called out, okay? And people think, oh, Joe and Kamala, they're the saving graces. No, they are, neo, they are neo-imperialist. They're better than Trump but it's not gonna go away. If anything, I'm hearing and I'm feeling like things like race relations are gonna get worse in the system, systemic racism um, and everything that upholds patriarchy, misogyny, misogynoir is gonna get called out. It's gonna be a lot of things unfolding that have been kept from the people. I keep hearing the people. I think that that is gonna be called out as well as intentions. People may be losing their jobs uh, relationships are going to be ruined. It's about to be a new age of rebirth and um, calling calling um, things out and making people aware of wrongdoings. It's going to be, um, it's a force to be reckoned with. Mm.
0: Yeah. So kind of for like my, my final question, why I usually ask folks is just to send a message of encouragement or advice to folks who are You know, maybe on a spiritual path, maybe they're kind of uncertain of what's next for them, or even those who are kind of in like that period of discovery in which they know they want to embark on a spiritual path or even religion, but they're not sure where to start. So what would be a message of encouragement you would send to folks, especially given the times that we're in? Yes
1: just say um remain true to who you are um don't feel pressure to conform and if you feel something because spirituality is emotional if you feel something stand on that like don't diverge from it because society says it's weird be true to you tap into your highest self i I highly suggest meditation and journaling and if you are constantly like especially like for my empaths I need you to rest and recharge like it's okay to rest on this on your spiritual journey and to not I think it's important not to have a, a certain what I'm trying to say don't be fixed in your path let the spirit or your ancestors whoever it is whichever way you turn let them guide you and just be willing to be used like as a vessel because like that's all spirituality is it's just a a vessel of um of spirits and um my contact info if you want to talk more if you watch this and you like what i said i can be found um on instagram cancerian um c-a-n-c-e-r-i-a-n babe b-x-b-e underscore 47 um i would love to help those that are um it's hard for me to provide a blanket statement because everybody's situation is different but um, yeah, just reach out if you want to connect and I'll be happy to um, lend my expertise.
0: And thanks again for having me, I had a good time. Yeah, thanks. thanks again for joining me on this project, this series. I'm excited to see how it evolves over time, especially during a time period where a lot of big energy shifts are happening and a lot of folks are just coming out and standing and speaking in their truths. I think that this series is kind of a way to give a platform and a space to folks who want to be able to just get their truths out and their beliefs. So I'm really happy that you were able to come on. Thank you.
1: And again, I'm proud of you. The ancestors are proud of you and you're being a good ancestor and your descendants will be proud of you. So
0: Thank you. we We can sign off on that note. Thanks again, Ashley. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.